Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Here we go, Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for joining me on Apple Podcasts, App Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much. Special thanks, because it's Thanksgiving, right? That's what you do. You give thanks. We're thankful to be talking about sports in a world where that's like the only semi-normal thing, perhaps, going on right now. But let me get my guest in to talk about everything we can possibly talk about in regards to your New York Knicks. Alec Argento, what's up, dude? Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, my man. Yes, very exciting uh, to be talking to you. We're talking midday, different time for us. We're usually an evening record group. I don't know if that's a way to put it, but we got to get people to li- something to listen to on their way home for uh, for the holidays. Maybe. Yeah, if you're like me and you have to go take care of a dog and drive to <laughs> family house and then go p- take it ter- take care of the dog again and then go back to your family's house, then you're going to be in the car. It's perfect. This is exactly what you need. And we're here to talk Knicks, Al. We were gonna do an NBA-wide episode with the NBA Outsiders. We're like, you know what, let's let's let it all settle. Let's let the dust settle, see what happens with some some more moves uh, into next week after Thanksgiving, space it out a little bit because we need the time to kind of comprehend what's going on. But in regards to our, I won't say your, to, to our New York Knicks, the team that you and I, um, you know, have the biggest rooting interest for and just care about the most probably, it, it, it's an off-season of notes. And it's for a number of reasons we're going to get into. But first of all, why are you so jacked to do this episode right now? Because I know you are a little jacked here. Because you texted me about doing this episode and not a baseball offseason episode because you wanted to talk Knicks. Well, first of all, it's, an, it's a classico, right? This it is. This is what we used to do in my, in my parents' basement when we first started doing Way it. Way back talking when. Knicks, just you and me in the basement. Um, this is This is the most uneventful uh, uh, Nick's off season. And that's the best thing I could possibly say. They're just making smart under the radar margin moves. And I'm excited. It seems like we have a competent front office. It seems like we're making the right signings. People have the right say into things. We're continuing to bring on good coaching uh, throughout the off season. And we just signed um, uh, what Rondo calls mini Thibodeau. Uh, to, to our, uh, our special uh, special assistant coach. I, I'm just I'm excited that we finally have a foundation. I'm a New York sports fan, and the Giants and the Knicks finally uh, seem like they have a foundation for rebuilding. It's all I ever wanted. Yeah, they seem like they're trying to do the right thing, and that is a low bar. It's not something to like, <laughs> you know, for us to cheer about or us to be like, oh my god, this is like the most amazing thing. But in reality, that's kind of how we do feel because. Over the past couple of years, we've had these, uh, you know, mixed match or patch up rebuild jobs that have not gone well, um, that have ruined the books a little bit. And it started last year, even before Leon Rose was in office. It was in office. That sounds like a over the top way to say that, but you know what I mean? He is the president. He is the president of the New York Knicks. Before he was in his role last year, we had a, a similar mindset to how the offseason went, right? We were like, all right, well, we didn't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, et cetera. So that's fine. What else happened? Okay, we kept our books flexible. We were a- we know in the future we're going to be able to do some of the things we want to do or be available for trades and et cetera. So that was proven to work out. All these guys, the Bobby Portises, 
the Alfred Paytons, uh, what other, Taj Gibson, all these people who got signed last year when we were saying it's okay because the second year is a lot, uh, a team option for a lot of these contracts. We're not putting a lot of money long-term on the books. This is why we said that last year, and now even more so we can say it again this year with the likes of Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, um, Nerlens Noel, who came in and are not doing anything to the Knicks' long-term contract or you know cap space outlook, maintaining flexibility, allowing the young guys to play, and also you know some guys that are nice flyers. You know somebody like Alec Burks has had some injuries, but also looked like relatively competent as a basketball player. So we're going to talk about all that stuff. Uh, I don't think we want to do a grade just yet. We'll wait off until the end. We'll talk through everything and we'll give a final grade on what we know of the Knicks so far. But, Alec, there's one place and one place only to start. Ignis Brasdikas. <laughs> you know I love my Iggy. <laughs> no, but, but uh, Obi Toppin, right? He's, the, he's top of mind. He is the number one guy who we're going to be looking at whenever the first preseason game is, if there is preseason, whenever the first game is. You know, obviously, R.J. Barrett was the shiny new toy last year. We love Mitch. We love Frank. We're talking about the roster at whole. We have to start with this dude, Obi Toppin. Uh, first of all, is that the guy you wanted? I know we watched the draft together, so I know the answer. But tell the people, is that the guy you wanted? And if not, what did you feel about it once he became the next guy? Yeah, I mean, I'm not the biggest college guy in the first place. And, you know, anything that I, I would be wanting in the draft is just me reading off message boards of just people that, you know, people want, like Tyrese Halliburton and whatnot. And obviously, I want a point guard. That's great. I, of course, we need a point guard. We haven't had a point guard in 30 years. Um, but what Obi does is he's a guy who can make an impact right away, right? That's that's a good free agent sign. He's still got room to grow. He's older, obviously. He's 22 years old, but he's also pretty polished. Um, he can do highlight reel dunks, right? People are saying he's going to be like, his floor is Derek Williams, and that's obviously scary, but I think mm. his ceiling is like an Amari Stoudemire type player. Um, the guy can space the floor. He can shoot. He can he can get to the basket. He needs obviously someone to facilitate a little bit more. So hopefully that gets there. But he's the type of guy who wins rookie of the year, who gets on uh, the the rookie first team because he's going to make an instant impact. He's going to get his stats. He doesn't need time to develop. And you know I know a lot of people out there are a little upset because we didn't get a younger player. But how many project players can we have on the roster, right? I mean, we, we, we're, we're, we're still dealing with the growing pains of Knox and Frank and RJ to an extent, like RJ's not, wasn't Even ready. Dennis Smith. Was, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know if we're going to count Dennis Smith, but <laughs> you need a player who, who's solid, who, who's going to go in there. He's 22 years old. He, he, he did prep school and then didn't think I redshirted and did two years at Dayton. So he's older, but this guy doesn't need the development time. He's, he's going to be able to make an instant, instant impact. He's going to get stats. His defense is suspect, but this draft wasn't a lock in any no, – there was no player that was a consensus number one overall. This guy was NCAA player of the year. So I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to run with it. I think he's the exact type of guy we need. If only we had a point guard. But who knows? Maybe maybe Tibbs can can work his magic and develop what we have. I mean, you know, the, the, we still have a bunch of lottery pick young uh, point guards on our roster that we can hopefully work with. Yeah, of course. And and uh, quickly on the point guard front, apparently Dennis – Quickly. Mid- Quickly. Ah, that was an accident. That's going to happen a lot. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. has apparently been working rigorously with Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. I don't know if you're familiar, but 
He yeah. was a player. He's in the best shape of his life. I yeah, know, it's so. one. It's, I don't know. I <laughs> see. I don't want to say it's one of those those puff pieces because I do look at Dennis Smith Jr. as a guy who he's pro, He's clearly like a prideful guy. He thinks he's talented. He just hasn't been able to put together efficiency or consistency at this level. And uh, this is a contract year for him, if I'm not mistaken. He's yep. he's him about he's about due to you know be up for that contract. And if he plays well, if he really comes out and proves something. This is the type of year where one of these guys who, you know, lottery pick, high hopes, doesn't live up to expectations his first three years. In year four, if he can put together one of those years where it's like, oh, snap, his efficiency's up, he's passing the ball better, he's not a liability on defense, he can walk his way into $18 million a year if all things go (laughs) perfectly. It's true, though, right? No, you're absolutely right. So you, you, you consider him as a guy who he needs to get right this year or he needs to get out is, is what it is. So it's another one of those guys, even though we had him last year, he, he's now somebody you look at as a flyer type because if you don't like what you see, sayonara and no skin off our back, but it's a good opportunity for him to turn it around and help out Obi Toppin, help out RJ Barrett, et cetera, et cetera. In regards to Obi, the one thing that, you know, with the age stuff that doesn't bother me at all is, first of all, there's totally like ageism in the NBA draft nowadays We've gone down the road of getting the youngest player in the draft in Frank Nilakina, and we knew, and most of us accept that he was a project. He was years away from being the proper physical spe- like person he needed to be in the NBA. So we accept that. A lot of people don't accept that. So you can't have it both ways. You can't want to draft the youngest guy in the draft uh, if you expect him to be good right away. You can't draft a 22-year-old if you expect his uh, ceiling to be way higher than it is at the moment. So you can't have sure, it both ways. Devil, devil's advocate here. Ideally, when you're in the lottery position that we've been in for the past 20 years, you want to get a one-and-done guy who can instantly make an, uh, an impact. You want to get a for Zion sure. who is 19 years old and you know is NBA ready. But it or just J- has Jason Tatum, who still isn't over 20 years old. He's still 19, yeah. Jason Tatum. Uh, <laughs> but no, a- 100%. I'm just saying I'm not holding it against him. He's also one of those dudes who wasn't always 6'8 or 6'0, whatever he is right now. He was apparently a guard all of high school and then just shot Shades of up. Anthony Davis, man. Yeah, he, did, he didn't even, like, he played point guard basically until his senior year of high school or something like that because he wasn't a big dude, so his body is still getting figured out. He is a late bloomer physically. His game is polished offensively. There, there's a lot to like, and there's specific stuff to look forward to with him uh, in regards to spectacular highlight plays, uh, to big moments. I mean, unfortunately, no fans in the garden seemingly, but big moments for him as a Nick. He is a New York guy, and that jump shot is a foundational jump shot. It's not amazing right now, but something that he will have that guys like Ben Simmons can't even get is the ability to shoot one or two threes a game sometimes. That's all you need. So offensively, there's so much to like with this dude. 39% on two and a half attempts in college. You know, if he goes down to 35% on two attempts in the NBA, that's still a great spot to be in to open up his cutting, his slashing, if he could rim run on the pick and roll. That's stuff that you can pretty much instantly look at him and say that's going to positively affect the Knicks team. It also helps. Two things I like to acknowledge is that Dayton runs an NBA style uh, style team as well, which is really important. So he's going to he's going to be able to, you know, he's not going to be playing ISO ball. He's going to facilitate the ball. He's going to take his shots when he needs to. That's what he proved over at Dayton. And the most important thing is that we have Kenny Payne now, who uh, is regarded as the the big man whisperer, right? In, in college, and is is coached out 
a bunch of Kentucky players that are on the team right now. <laughs> so I think that that coupled with the fact that we don't have, uh, you know, we have an established coach who isn't going to be playing, who isn't going to be coaching for his job year one. I don't think you bring in Tibbs with this team, expecting him to, you know, have to struggle to, to put together the best team on the floor instead of developing your, your team. I think that we just have the coaching staff around to make him be his best self within the NBA. I mean, again, I'm not saying that we're winning a championship this year, but it just seems like we have the right foundation. It's all about bringing, when you draft well, it's all about bringing them into an opportunity where they're going to see success, right? Instead of just, you know, these players don't know how to lose. They don't know how to be in a bad situation. Uh, so bringing them into a position where they're not going to struggle as much is going to be do wonders for their development. Absolutely. And uh, another thing interesting in regards to, what you just said and the full roster outlook, there shouldn't be the issue of people like you and I watching the games and saying, what the hell? Why is Bobby Portis playing 34 minutes right. <laughs> when Kevin Knox is getting 16? Or why is RJ Barrett playing 22 minutes when Wayne Ellington, for some reason, is now in during crunch time? Like, that should be just not even possible. Right now, you could argue that Austin Rivers should play crunch time over Frank at point guard or uh, play shooting guard over RJ at shooting guard. That that all being said, somebody like Austin Rivers is a, the type of dude you kind of want to have around, to have in that lineup, because Frank and RJ can play next to him, and all those guys can now play together. And who knows, Austin Rivers is on such a good contract right now that if this team does get better by next year, he could be a guy you want to keep around. Right, if quickly becomes a great point guard, and Frank could uh, actually start at the two or the three as well. Austin Rivers can become a very valuable guy. There isn't the the logjam that we had last year that was so frustrating. Uh, why is Mitch Robinson not in the game? Because Taj is playing thirty minutes. Like that stuff seems like it's in the Knicks' past, and that what bodes well for Obi Topin, uh, Toppin, sorry, and Emmanuel quickly, as well as Frank, R.J. Knox, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The only question I have now is with Obi, also here is Julius Randle. Do mm-hmm. you see that being a hindrance um, for either of them, more importantly, Obi, because they kind of do a lot of the same stuff right now? Yeah, I don't think Julius Randle is long for this roster. I think he's very tradable. I don't think he's going to net you a crazy deal right now. His, his, his value is low, right? But he is on an expiring contract with an option for next year if you want him. Um we currently have 16 people on our roster. Obviously you're limited to 15. So there's an odd man out here somewhere. No, sorry. I was counting. I didn't, I was trying to count. Am I missing somebody on the depth chart? I'm looking at four, six, yeah, eight, yeah, 10, There's 16 people. 11, they, they haven't 13. officially, they haven't officially signed everyone, but they, they officially announced uh, today. Oh, Maryland's Noel. Techni- they officially oh, right. announced, they officially announced Alec Burks, by the way, shout out uh, Alex all in the world. We had Alec Vogelstreen on the Giants, and now we have Alec Burks in, on the Knicks. So there you go. about that. Add Alec um, Burks to the list of jazz players I always thought would be better than they were. Him and Dante Exum. <laughs> how, about, how about just as, as a whole now, uh, we'll get back to the Julius Randle thing, but as a whole, our team is just CAA, Jazz, and Kentucky players. That, that, that's the entire roster. It's not the worst strategy. It's really not no. the worst strategy. I don't know where uh, Austin Rivers falls into that as a dookie, but 
I'm, he, I'm sure he's probably a CAA agent, He's but, I mean, He's got to have some connection. Ridiculous. That contract is so good. It's non-guaranteed. It's fully after non-guaranteed yeah, for second and third year. I, That's someone you flip. And, and same thing with Nerlens Noel. He's getting paid nothing. Uh, he's he's a guy who who really is is identical to Mitch off the bench. He's a lesser player, but he, he has the same skill set. So it's good to have guys like that. Yes. Um, everyone they signed is a tradable asset. And, and it's different than last year, too, because – they all they all took a pay cut. We still have 18 million left in, in cap space. But right, which is dangerous. To, We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that 18 million. It could be good or it could yeah. be dangerous. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, but well, well, go ahead. Just to get back to the Julius Randall thing, I still think they're getting a point guard in the trade. I think that it makes sense. Uh, obviously, Russ has been rumored. Those rumors have died down. That could be Thank just God. an agent play, right? Like, I mean, that's that could be Leon. Leon Rose has been very, very low key about everything that he's done. He has not played his hand at all. But I, I know you and I disagree. But I think Russ, if if you get him for free, and when I when I say free, I mean you, you get him for Julius Randle and Dennis Smith Jr. I think he, I think he does a lot for the Knicks, Stop right? It. They're not going to. No. Okay, caught. Sorry. I'm just saying, sorry, sorry. I'm just I'm, I'll mute myself until not, you're done. <laughs> they're not a championship team with Russ, but I think it changes the culture. I think you, you, you get stars there and it brings that there. And I do think that he puts people like RJ and, and Obi on into a better place. I know he's not, you know, he can be, he's an on the ball guy, kind of guy who relies on his athleticism, athleticism, but whatever. That being said, outside of Russ, John Wall's contract is still an albatross for, for Washington. They need to get rid of that. They could, you could get a pick out of that. If you, if you, if you take on that contract, and there's also the, the, the Lonzo situation in, in New Orleans. Who knows what's going on there? You don't draft Kira Lewis and, and, uh, if, if, you, if you're that confident in uh, Lonzo Ball. And Brandon Ingram just got a huge contract. They obviously have to pay um, Lonzo next year. And obviously you also have Zion who's going to get a max contract extension when he does. So I think that there's an opening in New Orleans uh, for a trade to get Lonzo there. Obviously for Lonzo, you have to give up assets to get Lonzo. You don't get Lonzo for, for free like you might get uh, Westbrook or Wall. But I think that there's a deal that's still going to be done. I think that it's just playing it out. The trade market's a little, uh, little wonky right now. But I'd rather the Knicks do that than do what Atlanta's doing right now, which is you know kind of just taking on a bunch of new people, a lot of money in there, or Charlotte's doing that too, and it just doesn't really make a lot of sense, and you're not going to win a title, so... Well, that so you just completely contradicted yourself, completely. Because getting Russell Westbrook is pretty much doing exactly what Charlotte's doing right now. It's overpaying for a star to help you be mediocre as hell. It's exactly what that is. But it, it's a bit different because it's not Charlotte because also, Russell Wilson, Charlotte, ain't, Charlotte, Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, Charlotte, Charlotte is also still paying Nick Batum, who they're going to have to stretch and have to pay. They're yeah, and their books are a lot uglier than ours. I'm not going to dispute that. That's the difference. But That's the difference, difference, but the the difference is just that. As far as what the team is going to accomplish, it's not. Russell Westbrook does not have what it takes to lift this Knicks roster to anything more than an eight seed, if that. And I'm going to play a game with you in a minute in regards to what the Eastern standings look like. I, I don't want Russell Westbrook anywhere near this Knicks roster. You, we were just talking about the ability to see these guys like Frank, RJ, Knox, uh, to, Toppin, Quickly, all these dudes. We want to see them actually play, right? We want to see what they can do. We don't want all this crap where it's people who aren't part of the long-term future uh, getting all the minutes, and you know yeah, what happens what's, when what's Russell Westbrook... Two, 
two years two years removed from from averaging a triple double or a year removed from that it I mean, does it doesn't it doesn't matter it's the sti- it's the style of play uh you know everyone wants to say triple double well actually no i think i think most people are done with his stats because they they prove to not be as worthwhile uh and they were more based off play style and what the team had to do and sure it worked for the thunder but there's a reason the Thunder were okay with moving off uh, him and fully restarting this whole thing from scratch and how they were a better, more fun team last year with Chris Paul, Dennis Ruder, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Russell Westbrook does not play the style of basketball that you want your team to play moving forward at all. There's no question about it. Unless you are in a position where you think he can help you win in the playoffs right now, there is no reason to have him on your team. And frankly, over the past four years since Kevin Durant left Oklahoma City, my guy hasn't won a playoff series. He hasn't looked good in one playoff series. He He's not doing anything positive as far as winning basketball See, games you and I, when it you matters and I most. always talk about this. Don't you think that it's first of all, just a quick aside, frankly is a great combination of Frank and quickly if they have a cool tandem together. Frankly, I like that, I like that you're making me feel more at ease during my heat, heatedness of talking about <laughs> Russell Westbrook, but go ahead. But don't you and I always talk about the fact that having an getting an eight seed for the Knicks would be monumental for development for for playing in games that matter. They're not winning a championship with Russ. I agree. Not with, with I don't think Westbrook. they get out. I agree. I don't think they get out of the first. I, well, you're, you're saying to my other question. I don't think they get out of the first round with Russell Westbrook. Obviously, like I don't, no matter what, even if they don't get an eight seed. But I I think that playing games where you're winning is really, really, really important. I just, I just do. I, and, and I'm not saying Russ is the answer. I just think he is the step in the, a step in the right direction. If, if, if we talked about the Knicks' books being not ugly right now, adding him, no matter what you get back in return, you get him for free, your books are now ugly. It sucks. You know, like that's, that's a shitty thing to have. Yeah, but the timeline and, works out, too. If you have him for three years, you don't you, – yeah, you're then, cutting bait with then Randall, then you have we're, to we're, – we're, we're removing ourselves from the next two drafts where the picks are actually more important. Uh, the eighth pick in this draft and the eighth pick in next year's draft are not not created equally. Uh, the way the standings look right now, the Knicks have a chance to have top five odds, I think, again. So you want to be in this draft and the next draft coming up. There's a guy playing just about 30 minutes from now named Cade Cunningham who's going to be the number one pick in next year's draft who seems like a franchise changer. There wasn't one yeah, of those dudes. We're not doing that game again. We do that every That's year. Fine. That, that's fine. The, the point is you add Russell Westbrook to this team. The, the books now go to crap. You become what competitive for a seven or eight seed, maybe, maybe because there are true signs of him not being able to carry his own team anymore. Uh, with the physicality stuff dwindling, his shot is seemingly getting worse somehow. Even though it's terrible, he doesn't play a nice winning style of basketball in one regard. The only thing he brings to you is a. I actually think Russell Westbrook's an awesome dude. He still gets testy with the media in Oklahoma City and Houston. Imagine he's in New York and everyone's like, yo, you got to be a, a six point. seed. He's now going to be pissed off. He's going to be pissy. I actually like the dude as a guy. He seems awesome. He seems like a great person. On the court, basketball, terrible match for any team in the league, in my opinion. Don't want anything to do with him, frankly. Don't want anything okay. to do with him. My, my only th- I understand your point. I don't want to f- focus on Russ the entire time because I think that's doing a disservice to this to this offseason. Sure, 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 sure. Just one, one more thing. If you say they maybe get an eighth or seventh seed, if they don't, that means that they're going to be in the lottery still. And the way that this lottery operates, that pick still could be the number one or You're two right. or three. The new lottery pick. odds are something to consider. You want to win games because right. you have that better ch- or evened right. out chance for and, sure. And additionally, 
you, people may disagree with me here, but I don't think that Dallas is a lock for the playoffs either. So that also could be a lottery. Well, I do disagree with you, but okay. Well, I, I think I think that a lot of teams got better in the West, and I think that KP being hurt, we don't know what the, the long term. I don't think Luca can carry that team in the West to a guaranteed eighth, seventh, uh, sixth, seventh, or eighth spot. He could. He very well could. He definitely. But could. I think that there is. I, <laughs> he's the favorite for MVP right now. I'm not saying he's not, but you, if they don't have if they don't have KP on that team for a significant, right. they're already that, missing Dwight Powell, right? They yeah, exactly. I, I, and and we know what Tim Hardaway Jr. looks like when he's your number two. Well, right? he's I think <laughs> he's actually gone. He's gone. They got Josh was, Josh Richardson. Uh, they uh, added Tyrell Terry in the draft. They had a couple other minor moves. They're trying to keep their books free to go for Giannis next year, but. Besides right, the point, everyone is, and, and, and somebody's going to miss out. But uh, I just, most I, people are going to miss out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, exactly. But I just, I think that, I think that it's not a guarantee that, that that they don't get a top four pick next year, even if they get Russ out of those two options. They have two. That 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 pick is completely unprotected. If if they fall to a uh, to within the lottery in one of those fifteen spots, that very well could be a top four pick. Um, it happened. It it happens more often than not in the past two years with how pe- teams are skipping over. I mean. Look at what the Pelicans did. Look what, you know, we, For sure. we see with that. I agree. I don't want to play the let's tank game, but I also don't want to play the, oh, let's get Russell Westbrook. He's now a train wreck after he's surpassed 30,000 minutes in his career, which is just for, for reference sake, for reference sake, Russell Westbrook right now is five years older and 10,000 more regular seasons minutes older than Carmelo sure. Anthony when he came to the Knicks. So but just for reference, also, just for a reference. We're also, we're also realizing now, too, that no no contract is not tradable. If Al Horford can get moved that easily as he did, no contract's untradable. Yeah, but if we're moving so if Russell you, Westbrook's contract again, what was the point? We're, we're getting him for nothing. Well, we're I'm getting just, rid of I'm him for saying, nothing. I'm just saying, it's not like you're stuck with it. Three years is not a long time, and, and it actually ma- matches with our timeline well. Regardless, let's move on from Please, because if we get if we the Russell Westbrook ends up on the Knicks, I'm going to have an aneurysm. I don't I got want a meeting in 53 minutes. I got we can't talk about Russ for another two hours. I don't I don't want I don't want it if you haven't figured that out. I don't want that to happen. I think it's a terrible idea for the Knicks okay, to do that. Okay, moving on from Russ with, with, with the original question that we kind of circumvented was what do you think happens to Julius Randle? Yes. Can, I want to hear your thoughts. So basically, can Obi Toppin and Julius Randle play on the floor at the same time? Sure. It's going to be ugly though. Neither yeah. of them can play good enough defense or rebound alone like rebound good enough just them two as the lone bigs. So that's ugly off the jump. That means Mitchell Robinson and or Nerlens Noel, maybe Omari Spellman, if you will, has to be on the court with Julius Randle or Obi Toppin. If Obi Toppin is not shooting the ball well, Julius Randle not shooting the ball well, we have non-shooters in Mitch and Nerlens Noel, or at least Mitch as far as we're concerned for the moment, non-shooters there. Then we have RJ Barrett on the floor. He's not really a big shooter right now. Frank is an average shooter at best right now. Dennis Smith, the same. It starts to get ugly. So we did dra- we did draft a fantastic shooter. Emmanuel quickly. We will get, oh he's quite the shooter, and we will get to him. Uh, but Julius Randle and Obi Toppin, it seems like that is not a match made in heaven. And what I don't want is for this to hurt Obi Toppin's minutes and development. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Either one of them has to be able to truly play defensive minutes at the five or one of them has to be able to play defensive minutes at the three. It's not looking great either way. And this is to my overarching point of this is why we can't get ahead of ourselves. We like this offseason. We like what they did as far as contracts are concerned. Obi and Quickly are nice picks that we're very happy with. 
this team is nowhere near a competitive level yet. You talk no, about, but, that, but that's not how we're gauging. It. Of we're course, not, we're I'm not just metricizing. Like I'm just that. saying, uh, maybe you and I are not right now. <laughs> but if you really take consideration of Knicks fans and their expectations and what happens every single year, you know, a month out from the season, you start looking at the teams, which I'm going to do with you in a second here, and you say, "Oh, the Wizards. John Wall hasn't played a game in two years. They might trade Bradley Beal. We could be better than them. The Bulls." They stink. We're better than them. The Pistons, what the heck are they doing? We're better than them. And then in reality, we're just as bad, if not worse, than all those teams again. And your expectations are shattered. So managing expectations here are very important. There's going to be a specific style of losing that's probably going to take place or that hopefully takes place in this season where they're competitive. They win some games they're not supposed to. That's what you hope for. And that's the type of thing that lands you stars that you're talking about with Russell Westbrook. It's not that that'll bring a star in. Look at the Brooklyn Nets, for example. They had D'Angelo Russell, had Karis LeVert, nice pick. All of a sudden, they come together a little bit. And look, they're now a place, if they open up some cap space, where stars will say, okay, we can go there. That seems like an okay place. Having some other guy on the team like Russell Westbrook is not going to do that. So what I am hoping for is that whatever happens, either Randall gets moved or miraculously one of them learn how to play minutes at the three on defense or at the five on defense so they can play at the same time. But I'm going to be frank, not loving the outlooks on what's going on with that position, basically. We went from having too many power forwards to just having two, but those two definitely cannot play together, and they're, in theory, two of our better players on the team. Well, you also got to hope that with the new coaching, uh, two, two things are going to happen. One you're not hoping this, but this is an inevitability is that Tibbs is going to get his guys and they're going to play a lot of minutes. So people are going to be on the outs of that, right? That's just going to be the norm of that. He's, there's going to be somebody, one of those power forwards is going to be getting crazy minutes. And that's just the reality of that over the other. But additionally, they're based off of our coaching staff, not just Tibbs, but everyone that we've we've hired in this off season, there's going to be a big emphasis on defense, right? So, I'm not too excited about Julius Randle learning how to play defense all of a sudden this late in his career. I mean, granted, he's only like, what, 25 years old still. Um, but, you know, you got to hope people coming in are going to be able to, or just there's going to be something brought out of them with this coaching staff. So I think that certain players are going to play better on defense this year than they have in their careers uh, with the Knicks. Uh, and, and that's just a hope. I mean, maybe that's a pipe dream, but I, I think you got to think that's players like Frank are going to flourish under Tibbs if we keep him, which who knows. Um, and, and, you know, players like Knox, hopefully get to take a big step up with Kenny Payne and, and yada, yada, yada. So I just think our defense is going to be a little bit better than it was last year. Well, the guard, the guard defense could look real good. Frank, Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, RJ Barrett, all have what it takes to be good defensive quickly, players. Quick, quickly is a good defensive guard too. He's a good three and D guy. Yeah, he he is. So the guards are not the worry. I think on defense at the moment, it's the bigs. And Mitch obviously could make up for a lot of it. But if Mitch is and on Noel, and well, sure, the center position, Mitch and Noel could make up for a lot of it. But if those two guys are on the floor, that means. Randall or Toppin are off the floor. And I don't know if that's good, bad, or indifferent, depending on who you want to see more of. Obviously, you want to see more of Obi at the moment. That's the problem. But let me let me move on to this to this game here because I started going through it a little bit before. And it's it's to properly manage expectations and to not become what the Charlotte Hornets are likely to become right now. I'm going to start talking about Eastern Conference teams that I think are undoubtedly better than the Knicks right now. Okay? And you stop me. Okay. You stop me when you have a question mark. Okay. 
Let me pull, let me pull up the standings real quick. You talk, and I'm just gonna look them up. Just okay. So well, there's obvious. There's out. there's the obviously better group here. We'll start with the Milwaukee sure. Bucks. One, Toronto Raptors. Two, Boston Celtics. Three, Miami Heat. Four, Philadelphia 76ers. Five, Brooklyn Nets. Seven, barring Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both getting hurt, which is possible, but we're not going to count on. Are, th- are these in order, or, or, or are you just saying people, teams that are 100% better? Um, it was kind of in order, but no, just that was just 100% better. Undoubtedly better than the Knicks, sure. in my opinion. Sure. That's seven. Right? That, no, that's, that was six. Right there. That was six, okay? Now the Hawks have made a bunch of moves. They're clearly Ooh. trying to win now. They have the better top-end player in Trey Young. They probably have the second-best player in Danilo Gallinari. Just grabbed Bogdanovich, John Collins. They might have five guys better than any one person on the Knicks roster (laughs) right now. They're undoubtedly better than the Knicks. That's seven. The Hornets, for all the crap that they're getting right now, they do have Gordon Hayward, who, despite injuries, would be perhaps the best player on the Knicks right now. Uh, And then a bunch of crap, but... (laughs) <laughs> Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, um, and that team in general overperformed last year. So I think they're better than the Knicks right now as well. You go to the Chicago Bulls. They're kind of a ragtag team of misfits right now. I think they're probably in range with the Knicks, but you cannot say that the Knicks are undoubtedly better. Is that fair? I think they're about even. You're saying the Bulls? Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a weird team. I think I, they're better I, than the Bulls. I think they're. I, well, I think they're about even. I'm not going to say they're better or worse, right? I, I, if they are better, they're not significantly better. So yeah, I'm sure. Just, I'm saying know, they're. I, I'm I, saying I, they're about even. I'm saying they're about even. But anyway, so that's that's a uh, one. Oh, I didn't say. Also, I didn't mention the Pacers or the Magic yet. Both with uh, some weird stuff going on. Both still undoubtedly better than the Knicks, in my opinion. Though the Magic have a weird roster. They've been consistently around 500 the past like three years, and there's no reason to expect them to not be around 500 again this year. They're better than the Knicks. The Pacers, they lost. Uh, they, they they're looking to make trades. They might trade Old Depot. Old Depot missed the whole th- the whole season basically last year. They were still the four seed in the Eastern Conference. Not exactly worried about the Pacers being better than the Knicks. That's about 11 teams, Alec. And then you get to the Bulls, the Pistons, and the Cavs. And I think there's a path for the Bulls to be better. I think there's a path, a path for the Pistons to be better. And that's solely no. based on Blake Griffin's health. If Blake Griffin's healthy, they're a better team. 100%. 100%. I mean, that's, that's the biggest if in the world. I, yeah. I'm, I'm making the if. I'm just making the if. There's paths for sure. them to be better. So I'm saying at best, you're looking at 11th, 10th seed for the Knicks. If all things go swimmingly, you're looking at a 10th or 11th seed for the Knicks. Does that check out for you in the Eastern Conference? I mean, that's where we were last year, right? So I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I I think that the Pistons are a worse team. I think the Cavs are a worse team for sure. I think the Bulls are most likely a worse team. I don't think the Wizards are going to be good. I don't think the Hornets are going to be good. Even though they're going, they might have a better record, but they're. I mean, they're not a good team. They're oh, still I'm not, not saying they're team. good. I'm just saying they're better than yeah. the Knicks. I don't know. I, I think I think you see. I, I'm not, again. I'm not. I want to temper this because my whole thing is that I'm, I, I try to be realistic when it comes to this and, and not expect much. I don't want to say that we're going to be a lock for a playoff, but I think that there's a path for us to get the eighth seed. I do. I, I, I do think there is. Do I think it's likely? Absolutely not. 
but I do think there is a path for us to do it. I, I think that a lot of these teams that you mentioned are relying upon one or two players and, you know, that person gets hurt and they're screwed and they're back down to nothing again. Explain the path for me from just a Knicks standpoint, not about the other teams. So not why the Bulls are worse than the Knicks, but tell me what, th- what do the Knicks look like if they're a sneaky successful team fighting for an eight seed? What do you mean by that? In like, terms who, of like who are the who are the marquee guys on the team? Who's the leading scorer? You know, who's this? Yeah, I, who's, I, the, who's I, the main I, bench I think, guy? I think RJ takes a big step up this year. I think that's important for him. I think that I think that he was the third overall pick for a reason, but he was always expected to not be like Zion or 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 uh, a blanket. I can't believe I'm blanking. John his name. Morant, the guy from John Morant. I was going to say Murray, um, but because uh, he went to Murray, Murray State. State. Yeah, there but you go. yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think that he always needed a little bit extra development time, which is fine because it matched up with our t- timeline. I also think Obi Toppin is going to be someone who makes a direct impact right away. And that's a, that's a big difference from what we had last year. I mean, he's, I, Randall's not a bad player. I don't think he fit what we were trying to do last year at all. But I also think that if you noticed, once the Knicks switched over to Mike Miller, they played well, they played really well, uh, they competed uh, over that time. They're, they have a team of competitors if they are coached appropriately. <laughs> I don't think they've had coaches that are conducive towards them winning uh, in the past 10 years or, or so since Dan, since Woodson left, who, by the way, is back, and I'm hyped about that. Welcome. Um, I just I, I think that I think it's going to depend on if – I think this team is a perfect match for the coaching staff that we have in terms of the possibilities, in terms of the potential, and in terms of um, taking step to, uh, steps up. I think that they got the right people there. I think Kevin Knox is going to have not a big year, but comparatively so, compared to how bad he's been, I think he's going to be a decent player. So a decent player from where he's been is a huge, huge jump up, right? Uh, I, I think that having Kenny Payne there, who knows exactly what his skill set is, is going to be really, really, really good for him. And I also think we have shooters on the first team. What was the last time we had a, a quickly type player? Steve Novak, someone who was a sharpshooter like that? I can't remember the last time that we had a sharpshooting uh, guy from three who you, you know can Dude, shoot from all over the court. Doug McDermott. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I do love Doug McBucket. <laughs> but – <laughs> but but in all seriousness though, I mean like like quickly is exactly the type of guy they needed to get at that point in the draft. And he, he Yeah, I mean he, a he's Oscar a gu- he's a guard though. He's not a he's not a forward. No, we weren't talking about forward. No, I know, but I'm saying like Steve. you said like Steve Novak type. Like Steve Novak was like six eight, wasn't he? Like six seven. He's tall. I'm just saying a guy who, yeah, who not takes you, a shot you. from three, you're confident that it's most likely going in. Yeah, you know? his his touch is just unbelievable, actually. If you watch his highlights, he just has incredible It's so touch. good. And he's he also is like he's obviously a shooter, but he also can penetrate a little bit and he's got a he's got a dope floater. I don't know if you saw seen the highlights. I mean, obviously I'm watching highlights, not low lights, but right. uh, <laughs> but I mean he um, was mostly highlights last year. He averaged sixteen points on SEC player of the year and forty two forty three percent from a three last year. And we talk about this because we love Cal talking up our players, and I forget that he did that for Kevin Knox too. But oh, yeah. um, <laughs> but but um, you know, this is a guy that is, you like the character guys, right? And I think they also drafted for character this draft. And I think that quickly was a guy that was not starting for a couple games when he should have been starting, and didn't didn't bother him, and ended up winning SEC Player of the Year. So I, I think that's a guy that you, you like to see on your on your team. So after round and one SEC Player of the Year. Um, yeah, but we also got Powell too, who's a good shooter. Yeah, well, Miles Powell's an interesting guy. He he's obviously a tri-state guy. He's from Trenton. He went to Seton Hall. Uh, he's somebody who I actually got a few texts about 
on draft night, like, yo, what do you think about Miles Powell at 33 or 38, wherever they were at the, at the moment? Uh, and then we ended up getting him undrafted free agent. I'll just say this. There's a reason he was an undrafted free agent. He went to Seton Hall for what? All four years? Yeah. So when you're when you're able to become a man amongst boys a bit, you know, he's obviously been a good player his entire time at Seton Hall, but if he was doing what he did as a senior, as a freshman, he wouldn't have been undrafted. You know what I mean? So I like him. I think he actually does have a place in the league as a bench guy. Uh, but I wouldn't get I wouldn't get too worked up over uh, Miles Powell. But exciting to I'm have not, a, but, a dude. But, but I'm just saying. Yeah, we. But you know, Knicks fans, we like those kind of guys. We're all sad that Damian. That's Dotson the problem. Left, but he's the new Damian Dotson. Dude, yeah. that's the problem though. We like these guys because there's no good guys to like. All our good guys, we're like, ah, oh, they suck because they're the ones who play the most, and we lose every game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, and you know what? Here's another thing, too, though. Here's another thing we got to talk about. What? Is this is the year that Mitch has to start. Yes, right? bro. So Mitch that, needs to play that, until he fouls out every game. Just fuck it. And, and I, I, I think there's no doubt in anybody's mind this year is actually going to be that year, and they're not going to have Taj Gibson plugging up the holes or Neural Zuel starting. And maybe it might not be game one or whatever, but you know by week two he's going to be the starter for the uh, for, for, for the year. And that's also a big improvement than from what we've had. Like if he can play in the game, even if he fouls out, it doesn't really matter. Like you need him in the game, the entire game and, uh, or as, as much as possible from the start. Yeah. I've, I've that always that- questioned that. And I've mentioned this to you so many times. I feel like when we watch games together, when we're talking on the pod, like when you're a team that's not good and you basically have no chance to make the playoffs, why are you even worrying about taking out your 21 or 22 year old center? Cause he gets into foul trouble in the second quarter. Like if he, if he doesn't learn how I'll to play you. with fouls now, he'll never learn. So who cares? Yeah, but, we're we're going to lose but, the game but, every game. But anyway. who, was, who was coaching last year? I mean, I mean, he, I feel like he, Tibbs he was, is the same guy, Mike Miller. No, no, but it's different because like, even with Mike Miller, like he was trying to win games. It wasn't about he was trying to, he was he, trying to get a job. <laughs> exactly. And it didn't work out for him. He ended up being an assistant coach. I think he just signed today with the thunder uh, or yeah. something like that. He, he could have taken an assistant coaching job with the Knicks this year, but like, he's not, he was trying to get his bag as a head coach and it wasn't, and it didn't work out. So that's yeah. why it happened. But he also showed that, you know, this team is coachable <laughs> and True. this is the, this is also like, I, I was thinking about it. This is the most continuity we've had between two years of a team for the Knicks in forever. Um, we have most of the people who, from last year back. Uh, even even though we caught a bunch of people, we still brought some of them back too. We got Reggie Bullock and we got Alfred uh, uh, Payton back still. I mean, Oh, is Alfred Payton officially year, back? I know he was getting yeah, waved and then they tried to get him back. Is that yeah, right? They're, get, they're getting him back. And I, I don't think Alfred Payton is a bad pickup for them. I, he I was actually was, one of the more redeeming guys to watch last year, I felt like. Yeah, yeah. So... I think that having continuity, especially as a young basketball team, is really, really important. And I don't, I, I, I think you're seeing with, with, uh, with Leon Rose is like kind of to an extent what you're seeing with, uh, with Steve Cohen with the Mets, which is like he just seems to be a Knicks fan and just wants to do what, what everyone would say is just common sense to do that. And right. I think of him hiring uh, Tibbs for a five year deal, it's different than when they hired, uh, all of the 30,000 coaches that we've had in the past uh, 20 years, because it actually seems like he's going to have a leash. You don't hire Tibbs for, uh, you know, a, a five-year deal, even though that's kind of funny money, but for, you know, just to try it out for a year or two, and if it doesn't work, you cut bait. It, like, it seems to be a development plan for him. And you, you, really, you really have to hope that Tibbs and Rose and the players are all in lockstep here, because if Tibbs is still going out coaching a certain type of way where – we don't see much quickly. We don't see 
that much Toppin. Like, say we see 16 minutes a game out of Obi Toppin. Unless those 16 minutes are, like, efficient and the team's doing very well, you're, you're like, we're going to be pissed as fans. You know, like, unless the guys ahead of him are particularly doing well, we need 26 to 32 minutes of Obi Toppin. All right, Toppin. I keep saying Toppin. I don't know why I can't sw- swing that. I do it, too. I don't know. Um, so it, it, we really got to hope that, you know, Tibbs is on that same page that we're talking about. Because I, I agree with you. I think Leon Rose is on that page. He understands. He's looking at um, even the, like, not even mentioning the Western Conference, just the Eastern Conference layout right now. More teams than not are trying to be in the playoffs. Like, so whether or not you think the Knicks are better than the Pistons, they're, the Pistons are trying to make the eight seed. Otherwise, they would do whatever the hell they could to trade Blake Griffin or trade Derrick Rose. But those guys are on the team. They're trying to win games. The Hawks are trying to win games. The Bulls are trying to win games. The Wizards are trying. The Hornets are trying. The Magic are trying. The only team you could argue that probably isn't trying to make the eight seed is the Cavs and maybe the Knicks. And I think that's okay because you can still play that developmental, respectable you know, positive brand of basketball, understanding you're probably not one of the best eight teams in the conference. Uh, if you look at the Western Conference, by the way, I think <laughs> I think that the Knicks like are only better than like one team maybe in the whole Western Conference. So that being said, this is why I think it's important. There's a very good chance the Knicks enter next offseason with top five lottery odds. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because there's still a lot of positivity sure, that can you, come out of this roster. For it. Exactly. I, that's my that's my point. Like, I think this is so great because there could be the best of both worlds where we, not like on purpose, are a bottom five team. We are actually actively getting better while still being a bottom five team. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Like Austin Rivers can help this team look more respectable and play better basketball. Same with Alec Burks and Alfred Payton. While Frank quickly and top and get their run and they can still be a bottom five team. Cause you look at the Western conference and I'll read these teams off just cause it's actually really easy here. I saw it. It's the, it's the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves are the only team that they're better. And, and the, and the thunder and the thunder perhaps. I mean, the thunder have Shea Maybe. Gilders. They have, they have Shea Gilders Alexander and a couple other dudes. So Shea by himself is the best player between the Knicks and, and the thunder. Sure. But the thunder have a million picks. They probably want to be high on at least their own picks that they own there. So you say the Timberwolves, who have better talent than, than the Knicks right now, at least top-end talent, uh, and the Thunder, that might be the only two teams. So even if the Knicks have a nice year and win 25 games or 20-whatever games it's going to be, they could easily have top-five odds, and that is A-OK in my book. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it's a bad thing if they're in the lottery. I still want them to try. I still don't want them to win games. I'm never going to root against them. Oh, but- for sure. But I also think that, you know, I, I think that you're seeing a lot of teams go for it because they know that it doesn't matter. If it, Like, that's the good thing about the lottery. Like, as much as it sucks that it impacted the Knicks and we didn't get Zion because of it, but it is good for the league if nobody's trying to uh, to, to lose games. You know, you're actually putting your, your all out there to put the best roster out there. A hundred percent. And honestly, and you know what? Who knows, right? If injuries fall a certain way, if COVID breaks a certain way, you know, if if John Wall and Bradley Beal are off the Wizards, if Gordon Hayward gets hurt, all these things you don't want to, like, predict because it's n- not something you want to, like, put into the universe, right? But if these things type of things happen, sure. I actually, I believe there's a, is there a play-in game? Is that locked in for this season that there's going to be yeah, an so- 8, 9, 10 play-in tournament or something? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, the the lower seeds have to win two games, and the higher seeds just have to win one. It's out of three. Right. So, so it's out of two, I'm sorry. It's out. Of, it's out. Of, it's out of two games. So I guess like that makes it more possible for them to make the eight seed. And sure, that that could be cool. That could be exciting. I do think that's good experience. I think that's good experience if the guys we have are getting you there. If these little free agents off uh, free agent signings, like if Alec Burks plays above his head a bit and is uh, healthier and more consistent than he was last year, which would lead him to like 16 points a game, some assists, some nice little ball handling, nice defense. Like if he helps lead you to a play in tournament game, that's amazing. That is what I want because then next year in the free agency period, players look at the Knicks like, Oh snap. Like they have a floor now because they're not a pathetic laughing stock. Yeah. Right. Like, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. But I also, I also think that, you're still going to see burn on these older players or the, these guys that they sign. Not, they're not older. I mean, none of them are really older, but um, because they're also very favorable contracts to trade. And and you might say, okay, we we signed all those people last year. What did we get out of it? Like, you got a first round pick yeah, out of it. You did. Like, you got something good, actually. <laughs> yeah. If you and, and honestly, that first round pick turned into a first round pick and like six or seven second round picks too. I mean, you know, like the, the way that it all shook out. Right. Um, it, 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 and, and that's what you do. And you keep the cap space open. You're going to trade some of these players. If you, it, clearly they, they, they're making a play. They're, they're, they're stocking up on these 2023 draft picks because a lot of people think that that's going to be the double draft where um, rookie where, or high school players are going to be eligible again. Plus you have the G league model now where they're going to, they're going to have that opportunity to go jump into there that people think that that draft class is going to be really strong for, for that reason. And even if you don't utilize them for second round picks, we all play 2k. You can package those things, you know, or if you need yeah. to, if, if you like they did this year, contract, like they did, they went from uh, what was it? 27 and 38 to 25 and 33. Even something simple like that becomes more possible when you have the flexibility. Yeah. And, and they still have room to take on a bad contract. Like if, if they can do that, they have 18 million, and they can because I think if I'm if I understand how because the NBA salary cap's all weird and whatnot, but mm. I think that they have the flexibility because they're under the cap that they could trade anybody that they signed still, like like right away. I think they can I trade think, them. I right think away. that yes, I think that makes sense to me because well, usually there's, there's, a, there's a a thirty grace, day grace period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not exactly sure, but I think that sounds right. Uh, so let me ask you this: I have a couple quick hitting questions for you. Uh, right. Before we start to wrap up, if I uh, asked you who's more likely to be on this roster at season's end, um, actually, let's not say season's end. Let's say start of next season. Who's more likely to be on this roster, Dennis Smith or Austin Rivers? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I, I'm, I'm holding out hope because I think that Dennis Smith Jr. has the talent and makes the most sense for what the Knicks need that he actually can, and he's still young. And, and, and even here's another thing to consider too. If he, ha, even if he doesn't have like that, that $18 million a year season this year, um, it might actually be better because if he underplays what he's going to do in the next three years, you might be able to get him a little cheaper if he shows some signs, but isn't worth that 18 million, that might make sense. But then again, because I don't think, I think Austin rivers is a great trade piece, but I think outside of that, I don't really need him on the team. Like, I, right. I, you know what I mean? I think there's a but, strong chance a contender will want him this season. Yeah, and, and he he you can cut bait, you can keep him for what he it's such a team friendly contract. Like I, I don't understand who how his agent agreed to that. It makes no sense. It's a show out. Um, I think I think I was just gonna say I'm glad you just said that because that was how mean, how though because he's still was, under if if he shows out then he's under contract the next two years with us the way that you know for nothing. 
not a one. It's not a, uh, a prove it deal. True. I guess the Knicks could keep him on, but the Knicks could also, like they did with Alfred, the likes of Alfred Payton, just kind of be like, all right, or like sign and trade type situation. I mean, sure, it's a possibility. But, it's possible. Let me see this. I just, Let me see I, this. I, I, th- I think that, that 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 contract he stays on that contract for the next three years. Like, yeah. there's no way that he gets. It's not like that anybody's gonna uh, gonna decline the team option on him. It's so team friendly. It's a million dollars over the, the minimum, and it's non guaranteed. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Only three million is guaranteed. That's just. He's a better player than that, man. I don't know. Maybe that's, he. It doesn't make any sense. Maybe he wants to be in New York, man. I don't know. Maybe maybe dad, he has a good. Dad didn't. <laughs> True. That's a good point. I don't know. That's weird. I think I think Dennis Smith probably more likely to be on the team starting next year, just because I really do believe that a contender will call for him and be like, "Hey, what do you want for Rivers? Like, we'll give you a late first, whatever." That's what it may I'm be. thinking. I, and I think that's yeah. another win. That's another win. It's like. If you're a Knicks fan, you look back at Marcus Morris. Yeah, we had a couple weird months where we were like kind of rooting for him, but kind of not rooting for him. We got a first round pick out of the guy. Fantastic. Yeah, All right. for one, sure. One more question here: more likely to break the Knicks' uh, historically bad record of not re-signing first round picks: Frank Nelikina or Kevin Knox? Well, Frank, it's got to be Frank. It's got to be Frank. So, you, do you think there's well, any chance that we lose our guy, Frankie Smokes, this year to trade? Or I something? think the only the only way is if we trade him. I I don't I don't think that. That guy is going to be good on a good team. Like I, I just, I, I feel that in my bones. I don't think there's anything. That tra- he's shown improvement. He's gotten better. I think he's still young. You know, I think he's what is he? Twenty one, twenty two. He's still young, uh, and he's got years of experience now. And he's, it's starting to slow down for him. He's a good playmaker. He's just, he's obviously played great defense. He's just kind of, he's always been afraid of the game. And, and if that, if that slows down for him, it's kind of like Daniel Jones, like in that respect, and not to bring it to the giants, but Daniel Jones has, is, 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 you know, all the, all the talent pieces are there. It's the stupid, um, you know, the game is too fast for him. And then I'm going to make a bonehead decision and I'm not going to take the shot that I should or look at my other reads. That's the same thing with Frank Milakina. If the game slows down for him, every, he's got the tools to be great. Yeah, he just turned 22 in July, and uh, I just love looking at his little profile thing here. 6'4", wingspan, 7'1". Oh, God, man. Talk to me. But he's also – Talk if, to if, me. If he, could be, if he could be a wing, and he sh- he's he probably be. not a point guard. But if he, if he plays the wing, and we just – I mean, it all comes down to us needing a good point guard. <laughs> yes, for sure. I, I do agree with you, though. Frank more likely to, uh, to, to catch the re-sign than Kevin Knox at this point in time, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, one more, Mitchell Robinson. Predict the stat line for me. Include and I, in, include in the stat line how many threes he attempts per game. <laughs> um, I think he is going to average a double double this year, um, which I think is reasonable. I don't think that's unreasonable at Very. all. If anything, that's kind of low. Um, I think he's going to average two blocks plus a game which I think is really important for him. And I think he will average about 0.3 uh, a game over the year. Okay. So like every, every game or so he might rip one. You're thinking. And I think his, I think his over under on shots made the three point shots made this season is going to be under two. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know. I really hope they let him rip, man. I really want to let him I rip. Think, I think he's going to take his shots here and there. You'll see a game where he takes two of them or whatever. And the all, it, all it takes a is more. a couple hits. If he hits a few early, it's like, all right, take one or two a game. Screw but, it. But also, I think that, that 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 again relies upon the fact that I don't 
I don't want Mitch dribbling the ball ever. I no, no, pick and pop. Hard... Pick and pop. He's such a good rim runner already that for him to be able to, instead of run to the rim, he just kind of pops back, back and, and rip one if you're wide the hell open. Well, listen, my whole thing is if you're wide open I don't, and you're an NBA player, you should be taking it through. Yeah, if you're I, at I, the three-point line, if you're not like more than a full step behind the line and you're an NBA player and you're wide the F open, shoot the ball. Yeah, but Shoot I don't. It. I don't want any design plays for for Mitch. Like I don't want any design three plays for Mitch. That'll that'll give me Ajita. <laughs> All right, uh, last one out of the guys who just came in. That includes Alec Burks, Austin Rivers, uh, Jacob Evans, Omari Spellman, Nerlens Noel. I think that's everybody, not including the rookies we drafted. Who is going to be your fan favorite uh, new signing? Huh. I'm going to Mari Spellman. I think he's I think he's still young. I think I did a lot of research on him and he seems to be a player that struggles with anxiety. And when he's not struggling with anxiety, and like this has not just been in, in, in the uh, NBA, this has also been in college. Oh wow. He kind of gains a lot he gains a lot of weight. Uh, and when you're gaining a lot of weight, it's hard for you to be productive at that point but that, that position on the team. Checks but out. he seems to be in a good headspace right now. Wow, you really did your re- you really did your research here. Yeah, dude, I, I, this is all I have right now. Man. I'm stuck at home. I've been stuck at home for eight, eight months now. Yeah. I, I, I haven't been doing work. Uh, <laughs> I started a new job. I haven't done anything for the past two days except for Knicks and Giants research and played Mario Galaxy. Nice. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I, I like him. I like that they're taking flaws. Like, they got Ed, for Ed Davis, who was, I said, no, I'm sorry, not for Ed Davis, for $5 million in cap space. They turned that into two young players that are two years removed from being a first rounders. Uh, and I think three second round picks, you can take flyers on those guys and, and give them minutes. Like they can be part of your core if they work out. Right. Like th- these, these aren't players that um, these aren't like Nerland's Noels or, uh, or, or Alec Burks where like, you're kind of hoping best case scenario that you could trade them. Like right. best case scenario for, for, for Evans and, and Spellman is that they work out. Right? And they're and part of the team next year. Right. Like right. They're, they're exactly. rotation. So, they're rotation pieces next year. Exactly. So, so that's what I'm hoping for. I, I, I guess it would be one of those two, but I, I'm going to go Spellman just because I like good forward. I was also um, going to, I was going to change the way I worded <laughs> the question at the last second there. I was going to say, or you, the, the guy who you already know you're going to be saying needs more minutes. And that would also probably be Omari Spellman. No, the guy who's who I already know needs more minutes is Kevin Knox because he's not going to iron out his wrinkles unless he gets minutes, and I know he's not going to get the minutes because yeah. he hasn't shown that he need, deserves those minutes. And I think this is going to be kind of a meritocracy um, foundation going forward, which it should be to some extent, right? Yeah, you want sure. the best players fighting for it. You also don't want to see Taj Gibson taking minutes from from Mitch, things like that. Yeah. But you still want you still want players to fight for uh, for for spots instead of just being handed them. But right. I mean, unless you're an RJ or an Obi, you want those guys to no matter what, or Mitch, like you want those guys getting minutes, but yeah, like Reggie, um, Reggie Bullock is the type of guy now who's on the roster as like that two, three guy where, where Knox plays. And like, I like Reggie Bullock, but like on a bad team, what's the point? It's what I said about Wayne Ellington last year. It's like, why am I watching Wayne Ellington rip threes all the time? Like that's seems, it feels pointless to me. Right. But if quickly can be that guy, you don't mind. Him oh taking, yeah. Chucking 100%. Up you know what I mean? If that, quickly and like, if quickly can... and Frank take the, the, like the, the minutes of Knox, that's a, that's fine. Because that's still young guys. We're all going in the right. right direction here. If Bullock's averaging thirty a game and Knox is getting twelve minutes a game, like what are we doing? Uh, and also, I'm really just I'm starting to get worried about the minutes already. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I'm getting worried. The Knicks have four point guards. Well, let's count Alec Burks as a shooting guard. The Knicks have three point guards we want to see play: Neil Akina, Smith, quickly. They have 
pretty much four shooting guards who are going to have really a point guard and, and quickly and rivers aren't really point guards they're more twos i was count i didn't say rivers i'm counting rivers as a two well let's oh. just let's just say guards let's just say guards because that's kind of how okay. it's going to be for the knicks right there's alec burks austin rivers frank nilakina dennis smith rj barrett jacob alfred evans payton. alfred payton and quickly that's eight dudes who play guard right so you need you need four of those to work out, right? Like that that's what it is. So what what is your? I'll, I'll I mean I guess this could lead into the next one. I was going to ask you, but like what what does your guard rotation look like? And I and what do you think our rotation look like in general? Because I think that I think that a sign of a good team is not just throwing out things and hoping they work. I think you identify what your nine to ten man rotation looks like and, and kind of get that right away. And, and and people who get short ends of the stick get short ends of the stick. But we haven't really had that in forever. Everyone's been getting minutes, and not everyone has been getting the appropriate amount of minutes. So who do you what do you think our guard situation looks like, and what do you think our rotation looks like in general? So I will say this: I'm fine with. Alec Burks and Austin Rivers if the, if Tibbs decides to start them both, right? But after that first rotation, I really would prefer them not be on the court at the same time because I'd rather Burks and Rivers be kind of like the, the glue to Frank and Dennis being point guards who need help with uh, additional ball handling. So I, I'm fine with Burks and Rivers as starters with Barrett starting at the three. Uh... Yeah, the, the defense, the, the guard defense is actually pretty good, but then ran, ran, I don't know. Anyway, sorry, I'm not getting there yet. Um, Burks and Rivers start. After that, I would like to see Frank and Rivers, or Frank and Burks, uh, Frank and Beans, Dennis and Burks, etc. <laughs> quickly, you know what I mean? So I, I want Frank and Smith and Quickly to play with one of those two guards who we know are NBA players. We know Rivers is an NBA player. We know Burks is an NBA player. If we get a lot of Dennis Smith Quickly minutes, I don't want it to get so ugly quick that we're like, oh, both of those guys are trash. I'd rather there be a little bit of a bridge there. Staggered. And, right. and yeah, and we'll see what RJ can do as far as ball handling because in theory, he could be uh, a 2-3 guy who does initiate offense as well. So, Well, I was just going to say that. I think we actually have a good amount of ball handlers on the team. I mean, even even Obi can – he's got guard skills. I mean, like yeah, I'm but, not saying I want that every, 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 uh, every time you're going up the court. But here and there, I wouldn't mind it either. One person I don't want handling the ball at the court is Julius Randle because we saw how that went last year. A lot, no of turnovers. a lot of turnovers. Yeah. Yes. But, but you do have ball handlers. And, and I think that if you, in lieu of a, a legitimate point guard, if you have multiple players that can handle the ball like that, then you're not in the worst situation, right? And honestly, I think, I, I think you, missed over, you glanced over Alfred Payton. Who I, think oh, I did. I, you, you know what? The list I have uh, in front of my face right now doesn't have him on the list just because of the weirdness of his contract, so I keep forgetting about him. Honestly, that changes everything. I think, uh, I think it's Alfred Payton and Alec Burks or Alfred Payton and Austin Rivers who should start. But, like, it is absolutely important, necessity, essential, any word you want to take right there for Frank to get 25 minutes, for Quickly to get 18 minutes. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it has to happen. I don't know if Quickly gets that kind of minutes right 18 away. might think, be a little, think, little, little, little bit yeah. lofty, but maybe 12. He should play every game. I agree, and I and I think he should. I think he should score anywhere from six to nine nine points a game in his rookie year, which I think would be a good uh, a good season for your twenty fifth pick or whatever it is. Yeah. So here's my starting lineup. I'm gonna say I want Alfred Payton, Austin Rivers, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle for the time being, and Mitchell Robinson, and then the second unit 
would be Frank Nilakina, Alec Burks, Kevin Knox, Obi Topin, and Nerlens Noel. And then, you know, mix in bench mob. Mix in that's a nice little bench. Uh, but they can't yeah. they're not really though. <laughs> Yeah, I, I disagree. I think, I I mean, think you have a lot. You have a lot of talent on the bench there. Reggie Bullock probably the, over Kevin Knox. He's Reggie Bullock is a better player than Kevin Knox right now, undoubtedly. Yeah, and I think I think Knox is the type of guy where I think he he benefits from a meritocracy where you know where he hasn't earned. He he doesn't have the pedigree to be like an RJ or uh, or an Obi where they they deserve minutes right off the bat even if they're struggling. I think Kevin Knox needs to prove that he needs to be on the court. Um, I I know you didn't ask, but I guess I'll go I'll do mine. Yeah, so then, we'll, then we'll close I, up. I, I I want Alfred uh, to to start a point. Um, I think you put RJ at the two. Um, I think. Hmm, that that screws up the the small the three for us. But Telling you, I, I there's a lot really of I, there's a lot of muckiness in this depth chart. Yeah, well, I, I think I think the wing, the wings are just going to have to figure themselves out, right? That that's really where where it relies upon right. everything because it depends on if you want to put RJ at the two or three, and I don't want RJ at the three. I don't think he's ready to be uh, to be a three. I think he he's better suited for uh, a two, especially with his size. Um, but I also think Iggy should be getting burned this year too. I think Iggy balled out in G League and he deserves some 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 burn. Whether he's a Jimmer for dead or something like that, that remains to be seen. But it can't hurt to to have the guys get some get some playing time. He, Played well whenever he had his ball in his hands. Uh, so um, <laughs> I think you need to have Julius Randle start, yes. um, un- unfortunately. But I think Obi would be a great six man. And then eventually you move, you cut bait from Julius. If it's not before the season, it's at some point this season. Um, and then Mitch obviously should be starting. Um, I think quickly should be getting burned. Frank should be getting a lot of burn off the bench. Uh and Noel should be your backup center. I think that's everyone. And then, and the, the older guys, like you're going to have a comedy, you're going to have like a, a kind of revolving door at the guard situation until it sorts itself out. Man, this is confusing. This is confusing. This is, <laughs> so this is why, and I've been listening to as much as, as much as I can get my ears on with like what people are saying about the Knicks off season, their grades, you know, are they winners of the off season? They're losers of the off season. I think it's pretty clear they're winners based off of the lack of a dumb move, right? Yeah. Like, they totally... But they also made savvy moves, too, though. 100%. So, like, they're winners in my eyes, but it's important to caveat that with. There's still, like, a crap ton of unknown, and they're still not a good team. And there's, like, so much to figure out. So, they're winners, but we don't know which aspects are the true winners yet until we see some of these guys either rise to the occasion or fall on their face. Yeah. You know, the, the Knicks are just kind of their, their sum is less than their parts, right? Like they, they have the pieces. It's all about getting it together, identifying who should be playing, where the, the rotation that should be going. But I do think that they have the players to be a competitive team right now, but the muckiness, like you said, is going to, it's going to take a while to sort itself out. That's not something that, especially because there's no like summer league this year. It's a shortened preseason, I believe like that kind of stuff it takes a while to, to sort it out in, in the season. But I, I think that by mid season, you'll have an idea of who this team is for the future. Can right? you, can and you, can you believe that camp starts in like one week? Does it? I, what is it? The the 11th through the 19th is preseason games, preseason games, but camp, like they will be in facility like next week. Hey, hey the Knicks are going to be well rested. They haven't played a game in like a year <laughs> <laughs> for real. 
Um, wow, this is it's overwhelming actually. Like, I'm glad we did this pod. I feel like this was very cathartic, where I needed to like really figure <laughs> out everything, and I still feel like I'm missing stuff. But there is the possibility with this group where all these guys look around and say, or they think, Hey, I'm better than this person, but if I don't perform, I'm not getting minutes. And all these dudes need minutes or else their money is going to get hurt. Their wallets. But I think, but I think that they, they didn't do a ton of those one year vet deals like they did. Oh yeah. yeah. I know that they did. Well, I'm saying all these young guys need this. They need to show out. Yeah, I mean, Frank's in a contract year. Dennis Smith Jr. is in a contract year. I think Mitch is too, right? Because he's a second-round pick. I think I, I think that you only get well, two he should years be, out of him. He uh, should be the easiest. Re- re-sign him right now. I, I Well, yeah, he, sure. He's going to wait because he wants to get his stock even higher, of course. Sure, and I, I think he would stay with the Knicks. Yeah, I don't think he's someone who is like trying to, trying to uh, fly or fly away. For sure. But I, I'm pretty sure he's in a contract year too because I, I think second round picks only get two years and I think this is his, uh, the end of the his second year. So that's correct. Um, uh, but yeah, I, but I'm just saying like you don't have players who are trying to get their bag on a prove it deal like you had more Marcus Morris last year, which did work out for us in the end, but whatever. Um, you have the, the players you sign are players that are not, they're, I, I think they're, they're comfortable being role players. I don't think that they, that they're going to be trying to do right. prove it deals to, to, to get a contract somewhere else. What was Burke's contract again? Six mil. Six mil, one year? One year? Yep. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Alec Burks was not bad and, last year, by the way. No, and, and none of the players we signed. We saw, everyone we signed, we got value for, and that's important to remember, too. They might not be flashy players, but we got value out of every pick, every signing that we made. All right, now do me a favor because I know you got to leave, and so do I. And we've been going, we've been just talking in circles for the past ten minutes. Even though this is, very, this feels great for me. I love, I love this entire thing. Give me one, just one, like scalding hot take about a player or the team in general. Just like, like the hottest take you can think of right now. I don't know if it's. I think I think Obi is is rookie of the year this year. You think Obi's rookie of the year? I don't think if that. I don't know if that's a scalding hot take. It's, I think a lot of people are saying it out there. I think it's kind of a lukewarm opinion. <laughs> We we love lukewarm opinions on this podcast. So I'm gonna look up, <laughs> I'm gonna look up the uh, the the thing on on Fanduel right now. Yeah, he's he's gonna get the he's opportunity. Not. He's gonna score a lot. He's he's his defense, which is his biggest knock, is not going he's to factor awful. into uh, rookie of the year stuff, right? That never does. It's always about offensive stats. He'll be he'll be a, uh, he'll definitely be a rookie first team pl- uh, player. Um, Rookie of the year might be a little bit hotter of a take, but I think he's rookie of the year this year. Well, what's tough is we neither of us said he was going to start. I I think he'll get the minutes. He may not start, but he'll get the minutes. He currently has the fourth best odds to win it behind Lamelo, who might have a lot of touches, Anthony Edwards, who's number one pick, and James Wiseman, who could be on a really good team. So, um, my yeah, be- honestly, know he- you know what my pick would be for this right here is is probably. You know, if you're doing something with like some big odds that you really want to take a swing on, you throw a small bit on Toppin and maybe like a, I don't know, I'm looking around, maybe Killian Hayes on Detroit if he gets a lot of looks over there. Um, and then you throw maybe a little more on Wiseman because I think the NBA voters are getting a touch smarter where it's like, oh, this guy Wiseman may not have the best stats, but he plays a meaningful role on a playoff team. Let's give him rookie of the year. So we'll see what happens there. But I like that take by you. Um, I guess I should probably give a scalding hot take as well then, right? Yeah. 
Oh wait, I got one more. I got I got one more. Okay. Frank's gonna be a top five candidate for most improved. Okay. I love that. I love that. What does his numbers look like? Like like thirteen six and five for that? That doesn't I don't know that's if not his very flashy. Are that high. I don't think I'm talking his, five yeah, rebounds. Yeah, I don't know if his rebounds are that high. Okay. I mean, they might be. They might be. But I, I think I think he gets six and change re, uh, assists. Like I don't think it'll, I think it'll be in the middle of like six point three to six point six uh, assists a game, and he'll score in the double digits this year. Which I think that would be a top five candidate for most improved this year. For sure, I think it's right there. Uh, obviously, we never know if there's a Devonte Graham in the wings. I'm going to say this right here: there is going to be the, the scalding hot take is Mitchell Robinson is uh, very close to being an All Star. And, Ooh, I don't know about that. And here's here's the rub on it. Here's the rub on it. He gets serious contention for second team all defense. Like he gets votes. And I, that sounds like it's not that hot of a take, but I'm trying to be have a hot take without being completely unrealistic. Like there's there's a bunch of center like Bam Adebayo, Rudy Gobert, Joel Embiid. Like these dudes are gonna get all defense looks over Mitch Robinson, right? Sure. But there's been a metrics movement on Mitch Robinson already about how impactful he can be. And if this is the year where he actually is smart enough to stay on the court for 30 minutes a game, he could seriously accrue, um, you know, a 16 and 11 with two and a half block stat line where his advanced metrics are like off the charts and he will be looked at as perhaps the best player on this team at the moment and the only worthwhile all-star guy to even talk about and I just think there's a possibility for him to do some crazy stuff in that regard. Well, yeah, if he if he gets those metrics, then yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. With you. It's those possible. Are, those are great it's possible. All right. Well, uh, let's say goodbye, Alec Argento. I'm Pete Kennedy. This is Subway Sports Talk. It was a full fledged hour of Knicks talk. What an amazing time to be alive, uh, Alec. Oh, happy cool. Thanksgiving to you and yours. Uh, stay safe out there. I appreciate you. You too, bud, man. Happy Thanksgiving. Go, Nick. Go, Giants. Playing meaningful games in November. Hell yeah. I was going to ask you to give a quick take on the Giants, but we don't have time. So We don't got time. (laughs) Cheers, y'all. Subway Sports Talk. Happy Thanksgiving. We're back again next week. Talk to you.